Introducing the LA Anorak Jacket. Add this to your wardrobe and you'll be looking stylish in no time. It's the LA Anorak Jacket. It's perfect for game days, watch parties, reading angry social media posts, freaking out over transfer rumors, listening to your favorite podcast, staying dry from the tears of your rivals. Pre-order now at 12threads.com. Available for a limited time only, Alma Carso and Evita. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday February 19th, LA Galaxy. This is game week one. We're preparing you for the game coming up on Sunday against Inter Miami at Dignity Health Sports Park. This is the start of the 2024 season. But before we get to all of that, Thursday's show will certainly preview that game. Look ahead to that. But before we get there, we have to talk about the final preseason game against the New York Red Bulls. Galaxy finally getting in the win column. We have to talk about Peck and Paintsville. Are they going to be there? Are they going to be ready? When are they announcing? When is visas when are the visas coming we're going to talk about that as well we have a homegrown signing we have mls referees not going to be there so there's a lot of stuff there u.s open cup debacle and a little bit of stuff in between so a lot to get to a lot to talk about in order to help me do all that we're glad to have them back it's kevin the panda baxter mr baxter how are how are you doing today i am a funko pop look at that are you though that's i mean it, it seemed it, it Herb obviously gifted you with one of those as well, which is nice. At least yours is correct in stature. <laughs> yeah, um, I, it looks like I'm holding binoculars and a cell phone, that, I think. Maybe it's a notebook. So you're a peeping Tom. That's good. It's good to know. Yeah. I, 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 I Actually, once again, Herb, nailed it. Nailed it. 100% perfect. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Quarter of the Galaxy from the Box. Kevin, we had, our, we had an ad there, one, two threads, putting out the Anorak jacket. Um, I know you were saying that, you know, that's definitely something that your dog needs. Um, I was wondering if you wanted it as well. Sweet, sweet jacket. Yeah, sweet jacket. I like it. Okay, good. Good stuff. 
Good, good, good. Well, we're uh, we're glad to have them on. We'll run that ad a little bit later. So that way, again, you can take a look at it. One, two threads dot com is where you can find it. And pre-orders are out there now. And if you notice a special voice on that, that was the hammer himself, Mr. Eric, the Portuguese hammer. VR you know as the voiceover. I, yes. I, I didn't get I didn't get audio on my end. That's so. good. You didn't you didn't. Yeah, need it. yeah it's not. I, important it. I can read it. I can read it. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, a lot of stuff going on in L.A. Galaxy land. I mean, on Thursday night, we got done with the show, Eric and I. And then there was video of pencil walking on the field that Thursday was out there. The worst kept secret. Basically, I, maybe that wasn't the video. Maybe the video came out on Friday, but Thursday night he was like he was seen by somebody in Los Angeles. There was a picture of him. There was rumors that he was in L.A. There's rumors, I think, that came out today that basically, you know, the medicals have been passed and all that fun stuff. So we are we are right in the thick of everything. And just to, before everybody gets like too out of too crazy and out of whack, of course, you can make the assumption the L.A. Galaxy of signed paint. So it's not official. I imagine Tuesday is a good day to announce things. I don't know that for sure, but certainly Tuesday is better than the holiday day on a Monday. Um, and that's why this podcast probably should go on Tuesday afternoon <laughs> instead of Monday well, nights. When I ask about when it would get done, I was told sooner rather than later. That's and that that is uh, that is similar to what I got as well. So and yeah, that's kind of the, that's I think that's the, the, the language that they want to use. Now, by the way, that I think this signing is big. And the reason I say that is we talked about this when we were in Co Coachella or Coachella, as you call it. Um, you know, the signing of Peck, that was a great signing, a big signing, an important signing. You know, they 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 added an outside back, you know, the uh, backup goalkeeper, John McCarthy. It was a pretty good offseason for the Galaxy. I think they addressed need and they got quality. Right. But my feeling was without the second winger, it was an unsuccessful offseason. It didn't – not all the box boxes got ticked. And, and they put a lot of emphasis, the Galaxy did, on getting two wingers. That was the goal going in, and they talked a lot about it, and they weren't shy about it. Santos didn't want the $12 million, and they had to go somewhere else. The paint still thing seemed to get held up. My feeling was if they didn't nail that second winger and had to wait till the summer transfer window, it, was, it wasn't a successful winner. Now that they got it, I think it's one of the most successful offseasons they've had maybe since 2015 when they, or 2016 when they got Ashley Cole and Nigel DeYoung and yeah. – and, and, you know, that was that's probably the best offseason they've had in the last decade. And yeah. and this one now is right up there with that. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels like it's a it's a big deal. So we'll talk a little bit more about their availability coming up here um, in a little bit. Let's talk about the game, though. Coachella officially done and over with L.A. Galaxy getting a two nothing victory over the New York Red Bulls. Right. So, hey, these are things that sort of Kevin on our checklist we were talking about it when we were at the at Coachella. We were there. We were sort of saying, you even asked, Greg Vanny, is it important to get wins? He's like, yeah, it'll be, it's, it's important to get wins. They got the win. But there's more than just that checked off. But mentally, one, you can see it in the fan base because certainly the chat room is excited and there's there's energy behind this. And with uh, with the Joseph Paintsel uh, signing as well, that's that's adding to the energy. The pack energy is it's all there. You're seeing it. But just getting a win. Has calmed people down a little bit. Getting to see a little more of the starters in starting positions. Again, something that seems to have calmed everybody down. Two nothing victory. Getting two goals. Seeing that uh, seeing that the Galaxy were able to get a shutout, which is something Greg Vanny talked about as well. So there seems to be these things that they have checked off in in this Coachella game that were important to check off, and they did it. And now they can sort of move forward with with Miami. Does that feel fair? Well, yeah, I mean, wasn't the penultimate game with Chicago? Wasn't that a two two draw? Um, it, it, I, maybe I don't remember which what Chicago, Chicago, which, which game for where the, the, the game before New York city, their second oh, that, to last game. That was, uh, that, that was New York city. Right. And then, then the New one York before city, the last game, yeah, nothing. Yeah. The one before that, 
All right. So you had New York City. You had Austin was 3-1 Austin. Remember, that was the one we were there for. I know yeah, I know right. you didn't watch the game. New York City, I yeah, 2-2. Okay, they beat the Red Bulls. Right. I was going to say, I think in the New York City game, it was 2-0 New York City at the half, right? Uh, Yes, correct. So uh, the point I was going to try to make, and I should have looked this up before we got on, is they've outscored opponents uh, 4 to nothing in the last game and a half. Right. I mean, that's that's pretty big. I mean, they lost the Austin game. They gave up a couple goals. They probably shouldn't have given up. They fell behind New York City, but they came back. They finished this po- the the preseason pretty strong. Again, you know, four goals to nothing over the last game and a half. Take that momentum into the season. I, you know, I I know Greg Vanny wanted to see a lot more wins on this on this sheet here, but if you look at how they finished the, the season, that's what they're taking into the beginning of, of the regular season. Well, you know, those last two games and, and the last two games were pretty good. I, I will take it even further than that. If you look at the majority of the goals that were scored against the LA galaxy and the majority of the goals that were scored for the LA galaxy, the goals scored against were mostly against not first team defenses or first team midfields or those types of things. The goals mostly scored for the LA galaxy came at the hands of first team offenses and first team players, right? Mostly generalizations. There's some good, there's some bad and everything there. As a matter of fact, we can look at our preseason goal leaders. This is it. We're, we're over with preseason. We have a winner. The golden boot of preseason is Miguel Berry. Two goals in there. Fagunda's got one. VV got one. Uh, Harvard Miller got his uh, his goal. You had Ricky Pooj getting one in this last game and Aude getting a, a goal as well. And we actually have video of Aude's goal, which, by the way, probably the nicest goal the LA Galaxy, nicest individual goal the LA Galaxy scored all of preseason, or at least the stuff that we were able to watch, but a, a run that started from well inside his own half and dodging and slaloming and tripping and falling and going and getting blocked and then shooting uh, past a goalkeeper there. Uh, an individual effort that gets a goal late in the game, 86 minute with tired legs, all that sort of fun. Listen, don't take too much out of any of this stuff that we're about to tell you because it's not that exciting, but Aude was a big question mark coming in because we've been watching him in the preseason and sort of said, do we believe in him? And I don't know that we're there yet, but scoring a goal, your last game of preseason makes you feel a little bit better. Not only that, Kevin, but scoring a goal on a shutout makes you feel better as well, right? And, and you know, you got to see, like you said, you got to see a lot of the first team players in the game. Um, I, I think Greg Vanny did a good job of not rushing guys who had a little bit of nagging injuries like like Ricky Pooj and, and Dayan Jovalich. You know, they, they were held out most of the preseason because they weren't 100%. You don't need them to be 100% or you don't need them to play against New York Red Bulls in, in Coachella. You need them on the 25th against Inter-Miami. And, and we'll see if the caution, would, you know, worked to Greg Vanny's advantage. It looks pretty good right now. It looks like, again – the team kind of coming together. A lot of the first team guys getting to start. We're seeing Caceres, Yoshida, Yamani all in there together, getting a few minutes together before the season starts. McCarthy with the shutout and goal. Um, it was a good way to end the, the, the preseason. And it, I think it erases a lot of those poor memories from the middle of those two games with Charlotte and, and Austin where they gave up all those goals. Well, certainly some question marks still surrounding. Jovalich got his 60 minutes. I think that was important. So 60 minutes for him. Brugman ended up coming in uh, relief there in the uh, in the central midfield, and he got about 35 minutes towards the end of that. That's important for him. He's still building up fitness. Um, so I think you're going to find him featuring in the Miami game, but, pro- but but probably not starting that Miami game. Although if you figure you can stretch everybody about 30 minutes longer than what they went in this particular game, you're probably close to getting him maybe a 60-minute stint instead of a 35-minute uh, stint. So keep an eye on that. McCarthy gets a start with a mostly first team out there. There's certainly some signs that perhaps McCarthy has won this preseason, Kevin, and that he will be the starting goalkeeper. 
Interesting to me that McCarthy got seven, 70 minutes and then Michovic came on and got the cleanup in that, right? And so Jonathan Bond didn't get any minutes in the last game before the, the opener. Does that signal to you that Jonathan Bond is perhaps the odd man out right now? Yeah, I kind of went into the, into the preseason thinking that. I, I don't think you go out and and acquire McCarthy. I mean, Mikovic could go down to Galaxy 2, but it, it seems like those are the two guys that they – that they're hanging their hats on and, and bond has had his opportunity. He's been here three years. He's had his chances. The salary's high. Um, I don't see them carrying three goalkeepers. I just, um, those three anyways, I, I see them moving one of them. And I, I do think bond is the guy that they would probably try to move. Now, are they going to get any takers? That's the question. Yeah. And, and that certainly is a big question for that. So, uh, let's see. McCarthy gets 70. Caceres got 60 minutes. Pooj got 60 minutes. Also got a goal in the penalty kick drawn by Johnny Perez. Johnny Perez in there. Again, you're looking at the starting lineups and you're sort of saying, all right, so where are the, who is, who is actually starting this game? If you're going against Miami right now and you're looking at the starting lineup against Red Bulls, uh, you can sort of say McCarthy very well could start. Aude is expected to start. Caceres is expected to start. Yoshida is expected. Yamane is expected. I think Cerillo right now is probably expected unless they're going to run Brugman for 60 minutes, but you might get Cerillo for a half and Brugman for a half. Uh, you would expect that uh, that Delgado was would be in there instead of sort of uh, Cerillo or Aguirre, right? Aguirre and Cerillo are sort of out for Delgado and Brugman. If you notice, you know, Delgado gets a little more time playing with Brugman uh, instead of uh, in this midfield. So keep that in mind if you're if you're thinking about starting and where everything is going. Uh, you know, Vivi's probably not the starter, even though he's looked good. You're expecting that you're getting some DPs in to play the wings. So Perez and Vivi probably aren't your starters. I think LA Galaxy fans are praying uh, that they're not the starters, uh, quite honestly, because that would mean that Peck or Paintsville is available. Uh, Jovalich getting the start there. So there is a very clear starting lineup here. And if you looked at how they rotated the minutes into the second half, there's also some starting sort of partnerships in that as well. So um, 90 minutes from Yamane, Yoshida, Yoshida Aude, and Cerillo. So those guys all went 90 minutes. Um, you look at Fagundes, who's played a ton of minutes, right? So he got 35 minutes. He's he's 90 minutes fit um, for whenever he's ready. So uh, I don't think there was anything. Those are my big takeaways. You get the two goals. You get the shutout. You move on. You go forward. The preseason is over. Things actually count for now. Um, and I think if Greg Vanny tipped his hat here in this final game, the final tune-up, this is supposed to be the biggest dress rehearsal you sort of have before you go and play on Sunday then this signaled that McCarthy is perhaps your starter and this signaled um, that perhaps Jonathan Bond won't be dressing. I think Michovic, because they paid so much money for him, is going to be featuring. But I I don't know that the preseason absolutely knocked my block off with, with what you saw from him. Quite honestly, McCarthy sort of looks like he won the preseason so far. So uh, <laughs> that's that's just my takeaways from that. Anything anything that concerns you at all from from the lineup? Well, what I was going to say, yeah, looking at that lineup, what I was going to say, and I know you're going to talk about the game more on Thursday, but I just want, since I won't be there Thursday, um, when you look at that lineup, and I talked to Greg Vanny about this, one of the things with playing against Messi and Suarez and all the guys that the Inter-Miami has brought in is there's kind of a wow factor. You know, opponents are looking at it across the field and and saying, oh, my God, you know, this is we're playing against Messi, we're playing against Suarez, we're playing against these guys we've seen on TV. And, and don't think that that doesn't happen. I remember the 2014 World Cup when the U.S. played Portugal, and I was talking to, to DeAndre Yedlin, who now plays for Inter Miami, and he said, we were sitting on the bench, and we were looking out at Portugal, and there was Cristiano Ronaldo, and we were going to play against Cristiano Ronaldo, and and you know, it, the excitement, but also the kind of fear on the bench was palpable, 
And well, so now you look at this and you get, you're going to bring in Messi for the season opener at a sold out stadium. Do, do guys get blown away? And Greg Vanny said, look at our lineup. Yoshida's played internationally. He's played against Messi in Europe. Um, you know, Casper's plays against played against Messi a lot in, in South America as a teammate of Luis Suarez on the national team. Ricky Puj played with Messi, trained with Messi in Barcelona for a number of years. This, you know, Audi played against him in, in World Cup qualifiers and, and things down in South America. So this is a, a lineup the Galaxy can put out there that is going to look at Messi and respect him and and know and fear him, but also know him. And they're not going to be blown away by having to play against Messi. If anything, they're pretty familiar with him, maybe more than any other team in the league. I think that kind of works to the Galaxy's advantage. Could. It could. I mean, I'm interested to see who actually shows up. Remember, Miami plays on Wednesday, right? So they play Wednesday night. Uh, so you'll get to sort of see who they start in that game and then sort of figure out whether or not there's going to be any hope for uh, for who's coming to play the LA Galaxy. Ticket prices dropping, by the way, for that game, if you're watching, plummeting right now. So the tickets that were $1,500, $1,800 are now like $300, right? I mean, what, 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 what do you think? Why do you think they're falling? The, the fear that Messi won't play yes. or just lack? Okay. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's no there's no knowing at this point. Um, just because of everything. I mean, same with Suarez and everything else. It's the whole show, right? That type of thing. But, um, you know, I think the people who wait the longest uh, very well could find out that the the ticket prices will be there and, and you'll be able to attend if you uh, you are missing out on that. So preseason done now. Everything sort of checks it off. I know a lot of people were worried. The, the big deal, I think, still to be proven is Peck and Payne still. Let's talk about them a little bit. Um, and per Damian Calhoun, we can go to um, his... Uh, his tweet today, and he said, uh, I've been roaming the halls here all day. He's talking about Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, Peck and Paint Stills on Sunday, very possible. Now, you say, how is that possible, Josh? Because they haven't even announced Paint Still yet. That seems like more a formality than anything else, so I wouldn't worry about that. As far as I know, contract signed, everything's done, and I'm sure they're working to get uh, visas and all that fun stuff. So here was the deal for Peck. Why, why is it that they need to get a visa? I mean, America... Express, American Express, MasterCard, that doesn't work? Yeah, I mean, American Express isn't accepted everywhere, Kevin. You should know that. Um, okay. So uh, the the idea here behind Peck is that he was supposed to go and get his visa appointment sometime this week. Um, we expect that that's actually going to be a Tuesday, um, which is today is a Monday, right? So there's a good chance that that's tomorrow and that he goes to his visa appointment, he leaves with the stamp, and then he gets to fly and come to the LA Galaxy. The likelihood that Peck is available for Sunday is very high, right? And they've sort of been planning this one for a while. This one's had more time to burn because Peck was playing in the pre-Olympic tournament, so they had everything really set up for him to be able to go and accomplish that. And people ask why the delay, and basically it was he got done with that pre-Olympic tournament, had to fly back to Brazil, had to go and get a, a you know, pack his things, basically get the visa appointment, get that once that's taken care of and, and you can get in there, he can go there, get his passport stamped and away he goes to the LA Galaxy. So right now, the odds of him coming seem very high. So if you're if you're thinking about whether or not Peck will make it, I think they will. I think he will right now for Paintsville. It's a different thing. And we've seen the Galaxy do this once or twice before, but it's bringing somebody in on a visa. And then taking that visa, uh, like either a tourist visa or however they end up doing like these short term visas and then converting that into a P1 without leaving. So which means he can work the, 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 the tourist visa. He can't work. Right. So tourist he can't visa. Can't, so he can't play in the game. Right. But if he they were able to convert that to a P1 without him leaving, which you can do not as easily, then there's there's actually a very good possibility. They think they have it set up now. There's optimism. I'm telling you right now, there seems to be real optimism, but. 
I think if you're asking for like, oh, well, which one has the better chance? It's Peck. Peck has the better chance of playing. Paintsel coming in would be huge. And then he might also be available for the Miami game as well. So that's the plan right now at LA Galaxy Land um, from those I've had conversations with is they're going to try to convert that visa and get him in. Peck, again, seems like it will be easier to get in and get in for the Miami game. And so he could be your starter um, on the wing if that happens. Paintsel. More of a coin flip probably at this point, um, but they're doing everything they can to sort of do it. And again, no, no, no. optimism reigns. Paintsel is from where? Ghana? Uh, yes, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Because another thing to consider is is there there are government quotas to the number of people that can come in from certain countries with visas without. And, and the Galaxy have high, pay, high paid lawyers, powerful lawyers. MLS will use them. But, you know, the government regulations are what they are. And so, you know, that's another thing. Peck may find it easier to come in from Brazil than, than Paintsel is coming in from Ghana. And, and he's coming from a third country, right? He's coming from actually Belgium is the country he's coming in from. Right, but he's um, already here, right? So this is one of those where they're trying to convert, right? So, right. but a lot of times we know and we've seen the process play out, Kevin, is they have to go out of the country in order to come back in. And sometimes that's go up to Canada or sometimes that's go down to you know Tijuana and basically exit and then re-enter on the visa that was produced, that P1 visa, so that way they can actually work, right? So um, that's sort of the holdup on everything is is getting those. And we know that those can be severely long and, and drawn out processes. The holiday, President's Day, that I think some of you were off, um, the holiday actually throwing a wrench in some of those things, um, which is uh, which is interesting to say the least, right? Is seeing that a holiday could possibly keep Paintsill, could possibly keep Peck um, from joining the LA Galaxy on time. So something to sort of keep your mind, keep your, keep your eye and we, on. We debated this before going on the air. And of course I was right and you were wrong. We talked about whether if they got all this done, whether they play on yes. Sunday. And my take was, I, I don't know how much time they've had with the team, but it seemed a little dangerous to me to throw them out there for significant minutes. I, I'm fine coming off the bench late in the game, but for significant minutes, not really knowing their teammates and the style of play. And your take was, it's soccer. They're wingers. They run down and they, they deliver crosses. And that's the, pretty much all they do. These are these are two veteran players. These are two guys who know how to play soccer. They're being asked to play positions in which they're fairly comfortable. I would say that looking at that and and saying what are your options to put, I mean Fagundes right now a very good option to start right so if you get Peck in Fagundes can start on the opposite side so that's something that you can consider and you can certainly consider feathering one of them in if you had both of them available not playing both of them at the same time because you have Fagundes and he's he's been showing that he's ready to go right so I wouldn't doubt that my whole argument here is that when you look at the drop off between Vivi or from Perez to Paintsil or Peck, you're going to pick Paintsil or Peck. It's like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It's sort of like, you know, he comes on and you, and you put him in at the end there. It's like, well, you know, what, were you worried about playing Zlatan? No, you let him go out there and do his thing. These guys, I think, are in that same uh, sort of uh, category. While not world superstars, they're they're consummate professionals, both of them, and I think that they will uh, figure out. On-the-job training is the best, Kevin. Sometimes you just throw them out there and let sink or swim. So we have Paintsil, Puig, and, and Peck. Are yeah. we going to... Chris and them, the, the killer peas. Uh, I think P cubed was also there, but also it's Pooj, not Puig. And it has been since he joined. I will, yeah, I will say that forever. I just, I see that. And I, I, I immediately think of the baseball player. It's okay. We understand. Uh, you know, you went to Cal state Fullerton. I'm sure they didn't teach, uh, phonics there. So, uh, it's, it's, it's Where always understood. Um, 
All right. Uh, we had a $10 super chat from Lasso. Uh, he says, uh, evening, gents. I know it's not official yet, but everyone I've known is feeling good about the JP signing. Is it too early to coin PX3? Right? PX3. Yeah, maybe. Maybe PX. It's like P times three, right? PX3. Yeah. yeah maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm open. You know, triple P, P cubed. Um, oh, the designated P's. <laughs> Nelson, $5 super chat. I'm not used to these signings being done so efficiently and quick. What do you think? <laughs> it, it's uh, we're in the honeymoon period, right? These guys could suck, right? We haven't we haven't quite put that into the the ether yet there, Kevin, is uh, Paintsel could be bad. Uh, Peck could be bad. Uh, you know, Yamane could be bad. Uh, the McCarthy could be bad. You a lot of times we always take the best. And I think I'm guilty of this as well. You take the best, but we haven't played enough to know whether or not they're good or bad, we're assuming they're good, but that doesn't mean anything, right? Does it? But, but, but no, but he's on with the super chat. He's, he's onto something in that, um, um, you know, when Will Kuntz came in, we know that he went to meet with, uh, you know, Phil on and told him, look, I'm going to spend a lot of money this year. I, I need you to approve a lot of money. I'm going to spend. And he goes, I'm not coming back to you next year. These guys are going to be signed on five-year contracts. We're going to be set. But if you hired me to do a job, let me do it. And my job this year is to spend a lot of money and to get this this roster set. And and Phil said fine. And I think he was impressed by the fact that Will Kuntz had a plan. And and I don't know if the Galaxy have had a plan in the last few seasons. I think it's sort of been like grab what we can get, try to put this thing together. Right. That's how it's felt. I'm not saying that's how it was inside the building. I'm saying that's how it felt from the outside. Uh, the cost of signing, you know, is is. Exhibit A in that, uh, a guy that they really didn't want, but they they could get him, so they got him, and it wasn't a panic move, but it didn't fit into what they were trying to do. I think Wilkins went in the offseason saying, "This is the areas of need we have. These are the guys we want. We can't sign, uh, you know, Santos didn't work out, so they went. They had, a, a, you know, a plan B for all these guys, and uh, you know, I think I think Phil Anschutz was impressed with the fact that there was a plan and it was executed. And as I said, it, it, up until a few days ago, it looked like maybe the the winner wasn't going to be the success that it's turned out to be, but Will Kuntz had a plan. He executed it. And you're right. Now we just have to, he got the guys he wanted for the most part. Now we just have to see if they all can play together. Um, going to be, uh, going to be interesting to see if they can get this. This is like the last sort of hurdle. If these guys are available for the game against Miami, you, you kind of get to be uh, George W. Bush out there and be like mission accomplished, right? You get to land on the carrier and shake your fist and mission accomplished. We did it. Um, well ahead of anything having actually been done. But like the mission in the preseason was to get these guys in. As far as other signings, it feels like this is it for a little bit. Um, you know, certainly we talked to Will at Coachella and he sort of said, you know, we feel pretty good where we're at. But you can tell that they're, they're saving some powder um, for, for the summertime, I think. I, and I think that that's a... That's probably a wise decision. He called the winter uh, winter transfer window inefficient, and you know maybe the summer transfer window more efficient in terms of getting what you want to get done because people pe uh, people are moving all over the uh, the world. But but you know what there there are there are some things to be concerned about. You're right. There was so much focus on on the wingers, right? That we kind of forget that Dan Jovlich is now the only real forward, um, and. Is he going to be able to score 15 goals? That's what he's being uh, looked at. Right. You know, that's what he being counted on for. He has. I don't know that he has proven he can. He can play well. He did start. I think 21 games last year, but I don't know if he's proven to be that guy. Everything is set up to help him. They brought the wingers in to help him. But Greg Vanny suggested too, like um, he is on a short leash. You know, if he isn't producing early in the season, 
they're going to have to make a move. Same thing in, in uh, with center backs, you know, and, and well, the whole back line, it's a little thin if Jalen Neal does not recover and get and, and start to get some serious minutes early in the season. Um, if Jalen Neal comes back and can play well, then I think they're okay. Uh, outside back, a little bit, you know, again, not a lot of depth. If Bergman, if Bergman can't play a lot, I think that they need a little bit of help there at the, at you know, at holding midfield. So there are some question marks. Things do have to go right, and you're right; it is a honeymoon period. But the point is, the Galaxy went into the offseason with some goals, and I think they accomplished all those goals. Um, now we just have to see if everything works. Well, one of the things they also pulled off, I think, rather successfully, was the LA Galaxy launching the Angelino kit. Um, and so that was finally debuted with all the fanfare that accompanies that. So the negative space sash is uh, is a returned. And if you went and saw and followed the LA Galaxy put up their own web page um, that sort of showed these design elements, they said that they talked to fans. And one of the biggest things the fans basically said, you know, unanimously was that they were gonna, they wanted the sash. The sash was coming back. Um, and so this is a fun, I think, a fun take on the sash. I've been a fan of this since I first saw the leaks of it. Um, more more yellows than blues, uh, certainly. But uh, the sash and uh, sort of that negative space with the with the stripes that are horizontal there looking pretty interesting overall. Um, and so I, I you know, I want to see it in person, as always. Uh, if you were going to try and get these jerseys, uh, I would like to point out that it seems like they're harder to get than maybe you thought they were. Uh, the Team LA store was completely sold out whenever I saw the Authentics. Now, they usually have a limited number, so that doesn't completely surprise me. Um, the MLS store had more. Um, still, you're paying about $200 whenever you customize it and everything else in that. Maybe even more than that. Like, I think 210 was where some stuff uh, topped out. So, uh, you know, do your shopping. Pay attention. I will certainly say that, uh, as is always the case, you know, by the end of the season, you can usually get them for cheaper than that. If you want to wait a little bit, uh, one of the things I did think that was interesting was that they certainly highlighted the LA Galaxy's new keeper jersey. But between the LA Galaxy store and the MLS store, they have two versions of it. And I'm not sure which one. I thought this red version was actually the the black version was actually last year's, but they're saying it's this year's. Uh, this one looks newer to me, so I would I would trust this one maybe perhaps. But getting goalkeeper jerseys out there as well. So um, I think that. Um, I think that whenever you look at everything that has happened in terms of the Jersey launch, Kevin, it feels like they, they got a lot of things right, that they sort of did it the right way. The video that they used to release it, I thought was really good and really fun. It showed a bunch of different places in L.A. We, we always talk about how the L.A. Galaxy pull from, you know, the greater L.A. area, which is a very large place. Um, and so I would always like to see those things represented probably more than they are than just the like the, the downtown centers. Um, but it's still fun to sort of see things pop up and around those different ways. Yeah. Where did you get those pictures? And I apologize to people who aren't watching on YouTube, but those pictures that you were showing at the beginning, it looked like the jerseys being like was been kidnapped and being held in a warehouse yes. somewhere. Like it's yeah. a it, yeah, it's being held captive. They they uh, you know for for ransom. Maybe the two hundred dollar ransom you were just talking about. They they wanted it. This is this is it. They wanted to uh, they wanted to make sure that everything got shown. You know, whenever it came out. So. Um, yeah, it, it was, looks, it doesn't, it, it does only, look, it's only scared. It's a little like Liam Neeson's like, I have a certain set of, uh, of skills and I'll use them to get you back. That's a horrible Liam Neeson, but you get what I'm doing. <laughs> at. I apologize to Mr. Neeson, uh, for, for that, uh, for that bad portrayal of him. But yeah, um, you know, sort of doing that and, and doing the launch. I thought it was fun. Uh, hopefully people enjoy, um, this, I think the details up close are really going to be, really be smoking. And I think that a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, whenever they went and got them at the store, came and were like, this is nice. This is nice. I saw people getting their LA Galaxy tattoos, by the way, today. 
Uh, people were showing pictures of that you could basically do sign up on a sheet uh, and get discounted LA Galaxy tattoos. And there were certain designs for it. And people said it was great and that everybody at the shop was amazing. And so a whole bunch of things was was real, really awesome. Real tattoos? Real tattoos. tattoos. No, 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 no. Real tattoos. Real tattoos. For per permanent tattoos. That's what tattoos are. Tattoos. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what they that's what they do. Um, let's see. Yeah, I know they're permanent. I, I have one. You want to see it? No, I don't. No. <laughs> um, it's probably a height gauge and it shows you five, four, uh, executive producer Herb at $10 and 98 cents for his super chat. Um, Hey Josh, Hey Kevin, did the galaxy send you a Jersey yet? We did. We didn't get, we didn't get a Jersey. I didn't get one. No. You didn't get one. I don't know that they sent them out, which quite honestly, um, doesn't bother me at all because you know, it, the only thing I'll say about the jerseys is if you give me one, they go on the wall back here and it gets shown every time we have a podcast, right? And so if you want that exposure on my show, then you could do that and then it shows up back here, right? Cool. No problems. And maybe it's coming later. I don't know. I don't care. Um, that's the only benefit that really I see because then they put Guessman on the back of it and that that indicates that I will never, ever wear it. If it has my, yeah, 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 not in public. Well, not in private. Like, where am I going to wear it, Kevin? I don't need to, it's not fantasy night at the Guessman household, you know? You, I don't, you know, not, we don't need that. You just showed a picture of my jersey. My jersey's being held captive in a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> They're like, Baxter, we'd like to put you in this warehouse. So, um, yeah. so that's one of those things. So, no, so no, uh, no, Herb, uh, no, no jerseys this way, which is just fine. We do have, we do have these. Yeah, I know, but that's because Herb gave them to us. You know, that's, that's right. Herb knows the way to our heart, uh, as Eric so rightfully pointed out on Thursday. Uh, Dre gives a two dollars super chat. Why does Pooj refuse to pass to Yovelich? Beef? No, I think y'all crazy with that. I, I like that how you're drumming it up, though. I like how you think that they don't like each other. I, I've never seen that in person, but hey, maybe it's true. Um, I honestly, I think it's one of the fan conspiracies that that to me doesn't make any sense. But I, I appreciate the fact that you you were trying um, and that you guys are always paying attention. It is absolutely true that on any of Jovalich's goals, the assist has never come from Poosh. That is true. 100%. So you're like, OK, maybe that's the thing. Also, if you look at Jovalich's goals, it's it's harder for him to get a pass from Pooj from where he's at um, that them usually being in line with each other or even offset. It never seems to connect. So uh, I don't I think they like each other just fine. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. Never know. Um, <laughs> Philip goes, Josh Galaxy forgot what size to send to you. This is all going back to my extra large comments after last year's. Uh, what was it last year's or the year before? I think it was the year before <laughs> they sent me an extra large. They were trying to tell me something. We're like, you need to slim down a little bit there, buddy. Um, Patrick, uh, $10 super chat says Fortress StubHub, Fortress Digs, right? Uh, yeah, now it's now it's time to head to the stadium and see how everything goes uh, with the LA Galaxy and trying to uh, to get that win against Miami. Uh, so Jersey launch successful, um, although we didn't get one. That's fine. Um, the next thing to sort of look at is what this game is going to look like. And Damian Calhoun, again, at Dignity Health Sports Park today, shows that the field was tarped, which is smart. You well, put do, you, do you know why he's you've mentioned Damian being at, at the stadium twice already? He's not there as a voyeur. He's not, you know, um, um, sneaking about. He was there today because the CONCACAF W Gold Cup opens tomorrow. Uh, the, U, the U.S. women's team will play Dominican Republic, Mexico, play Argentina. Uh, start of a 12-team of a, uh, tournament. He was there for media day, so that's why he's taking all these pictures. And he is also now an unpaid correspondent, I guess, for Corner of the Galaxy, right? <laughs> I mean, hey, man, it's fine. I have thought about giving him a call and being like, hey, what are you doing? Um, but uh, no, really good stuff. But it's tarped. 
again, with the rain expected here, and it's been raining if you're in south, sort of south county, where south, uh, or, or, or at least I'm in Orange County, like in the middle, not north or south, but in the middle. Um, but I've been noticing that north Orange County and then up in LA, it's actually been raining, and here it has not really been raining that much yet. But they are expecting to get some rain. There's also rain possible forecasts for the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I will say, don't freak out about that. Watch it play out. There's a really big instability uh, around the weather right now in, in Southern California. Um, they're actually looking at possibly on Tuesday with some thunderstorms or possibly even some tornadoes. But yes, tornadoes, tornado watch, mild. There's some mild chances of that happening. So there's big instability around the weather, so it's difficult to predict, and so don't pay attention to the when it's seven days out. When it's one or two days out, that's when you can pay attention to it. Um, I well, will we got a flood watch out here in in. In uh, South Bakersfield, we have we have yeah in 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 South Oregon, um yes uh the uh down here in, in Orange County we also have a flood watch, um so yeah they're expecting the rain to eventually come but it just hasn't hit here yet it's been been you know a couple uh, a couple little things the the whole deal is I saw people getting nervous though Kevin they were like remember whenever it got canceled at the Rose Bowl last year and it, listen the Rose Bowl is down in the canyon and it doesn't exactly drain water very well and it was it was flooded I would say Dignity Health Sports Park has a much problem. better Dignity Health Sports Park has a much better chance of 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 surviving that yes and the ground crew there are fantastic they if are. you saw the fields if you saw the fields at Coachella they were immaculate but the problem with the Rose Bowl wasn't so much the field although that was an issue it was a concern it was the parking lots because they're going to have to park 80,000 people on that golf course or a lot of those people get parked on the golf course didn't the Hell Sports Park it's that is not a problem parking will not be a problem so I wouldn't anticipate unless there are thunderstorms uh you know lightning and those kind of things that makes it unsafe for the players I think that game goes forward it will I mean it, you know really who plays is another question yeah it completely okay, that's a that's a huge question but the, the big deal would be that uh, you're looking at severe weather like you said lightning thunderstorms tornadoes that type of thing or severe enough rain that it would be a hazard for people to get on the road right if you remember that storm that came for July 4th was a big one. It was similar to the one that probably dumped all the the nine inches or 12 inches of rain on L.A. County here the last uh, last time it came around. A significant event that right now this is not being planned for a significant event. So I, I think, in fact, some of the models show that it might not rain at all on Sunday or it might just rain in the morning or it might just rain a little bit in the afternoon. They're showing like light rain right now. So I wouldn't be too concerned with it. Um, as somebody who watches the weather all the time, I will tell you, don't pay any attention until it's two days out, um, and then you can still see it. All right, so that was something. I want to get to um, the signing as well. The LA Galaxy announced the signing of uh, Academy product Ruben Ramos Jr. to a homegrown player contract, right? He is the 19th overall homegrown player signed by the LA Galaxy. The really interesting part of this is, and it says in the press release, notably, uh, Ramos Jr. Oh, not that part. Hold on. Uh, they said Ramos Jr. Who will occupy a homegrown player slot will play the 2024 uh, season in MLS Next Pro with LA Galaxy 2 before being added to the Galaxy's MLS roster in 2025. So they're using that homegrown to hang on to a talent that they like that possibly could have been taken somewhere else. They're using the spot to hold on to that talent while taking him down and playing at MLS M MLS Next Pro. Uh, and notably, he Ramos Jr. was part of the LA Galaxy Academy U-17 side that defeated Real Colorado 4-2 in the final of the 2023 U-17 MLS Next Cup to become the champions of the tournament.
environment. Um, and that was uh, that's one of these kids. So again, a forward, 5'9", 155 pounds. Uh, he's 17 years old from La Puente, California. Um, and so he gets signed to this homegrown player contract. And a big deal, I think, for, uh, for the young kid just because um, this is setting him on a path Kevin, uh, to get him minutes on the first team next year. Um, so they're using that homegrown player spot. They're putting that signing together and basically they're signing him to, as far as I can tell, a first team contract and then loaning him down to MLS next pro, uh, for you, this you season. Know, you know who else is from La Puente? Who? Me. Oh, see, look, you guys, you guys are friends. You friends. I'm, su- I'm sure you know each other, right? I'd like to find out where he lived or where his family lives. I wonder if we live close to one another. You may have. You get to. I'm sure you'll get to talk to him eventually. You can ask him a question and be all creepy about it. Um. Yeah. So where do you live? I was. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a. <laughs> I was having a conversation with a player one time, and <laughs> I'm like, so so where are you at? And I knew the city. I'm like, where are you at in this city? And they're like, oh, I'm here. I'm like, oh, so over here, like right there, like right next to this. And I go, I've seen you. I've seen on your Instagram the same things. I know where that's at, like the whole deal. And I was sort of like, that was too much information. That was stalkerish. I, I apologize. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think maybe I shouldn't go up and <laughs> where do you live? Yeah. yeah. Or, <laughs> that, or your parents. <laughs> that, 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 pro- <laughs> that probably doesn't work at all. So, um, looking at the homegrown signing, certainly seeing that now let's go to some of the big stuff that is happening around major league soccer. Cause it's not just about the LA galaxy. It's also about who's going to be refereeing the game whenever the LA galaxy hosts Miami on Sunday. Right. And the, uh, if you've been following this around, uh, you have to remember there are two, there are like three major players, but two that you need to remember right now. You have the professional referees organization who is pro. They basically employ the referees. And then there's the PSRA or the Professional Soccer Referees Association. They are the union that represents the referees. Okay, so you need to keep those sort of separate pro and PSRA and understand that MLS contracts with pro to provide the referees. Did I get that correct? Referees are kind of subcontractors. Something interesting to note, though, the guy who is the head of the of the union, the PSRA, was a former referee that worked for pro. He actually did three MLS cup finals and became a lawyer or maybe he was a lawyer at the time, but anyway, he's so there, there is some mixing, you know, this guy worked for pro and now he's the head of the union. Um, and he's been a top flight referee himself. And I think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So the, the big deal here is that, uh, pro and PSRA. So those two organizations were negotiated and came to an agreement with the PSAR elected leadership, right? So the leadership for the union goes and talks to pro and they talk to each other and they're going to negotiate out a plan. Now they've been doing this for a while. We've been telling, we've been hurt. We've been hearing that they've been negotiating with no luck. There were threats of strikes. There was threats of lockout. Actually, PSRA has uh, accused pro of unfair labor practices with some of this as they were going to contact members of a union without going through the union itself in order to try to sway opinion. That's sort of the, I think it was a National Labor Relations Board uh, case that, that is that they're going against. So uh, PSRA and PRO are negotiating with each other. They have this group of people who are the leadership of PSRA who speak for the union itself and all of the referees that are in the union, and they're going to go and they're going to negotiate this out. Now, what happened was PRO and PSRA came to an agreement, Kevin, They were like, okay, this is the best deal we can put together. And PSR leadership said, and we we can only imagine, right, what they actually said. Maybe they said, we're going to take this back because this is the deal. This is the only deal that we could get agree on. This is something that we're 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 all having to give on, right? I've imagined there's concessions on each side, and we feel like this is the middle ground. And now we're going to take it back to our membership. And they may have said, we're never. This is never going to pass. 
right? They're, they could have said that. I don't know because it's not spelled out in any of the releases that we've seen. But what has happened is PSRA went back to their membership with a deal that was approved by both pro and the leadership committee of PSRA. So basically if they agree to say yes, then the season goes on and these changes take place and a CBA is ratified and blah, 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 blah fun stuff. And PSRA Kevin came back with a 95.8 no vote, right? So like that feels like three guys voted yes and everybody else said no, right? That's well, what it, it feels like. It, it's interesting. I've been following this for a while because, um, you know, I just, I'm very interested in the referee part of the game. And I was following this for a while, and I and I talked to Mark Geiger, who is the head of Pro, former World Cup official, a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you know, I really can't say anything now. We're negotiating. Uh, we don't know where this is going to go. And then a couple of weeks after that, maybe 10, 14 days ago, I got a call from somebody at Pro, and they said, oh, this looks really good. Everything's fine. Uh, we're very hopeful. Don't worry about it. We're moving forward. I got a call maybe five days ago, same thing. It's looking really good. I think we're going to start the season on time with the regular officials. Then Friday, I got another call from the guy, and he said, here's all the things that we offered. We're not sure they're going to take it. He, he was sounded very concerned. So, again, right. over this two-week period, it was like, it's done. We're fine. Everything's good. And then 24 hours before the strike vote, um, he called me and said, here's the things we're negotiating. We're not, you know, we think we have a strong hand, but we're really not sure where this is going to go. I think everybody was kind of blown away by the uh, amount of no votes that they got. Again, 95.8%, 97% of the membership voting. Right. And, and you, you know, why? Why did they vote that down there? I got a call from MLS as well, where they were talking on the side of pro and saying, look, we offered we offered them business class and first class airfare uh, to referees. Yes, they did for MLS Cup and decision day in 2027. The rest of the season, everybody flies coach. They said we offered um, pay raises. Well, pay raises from what? They, you know, the pay raises were fairly substantial. I think 20, they averaged like 25 percent. But right now, most assistant referees make $35,000 a season. So 25% on that, and you're still not really at a living wage. Assistant VARs make $17,000 a season. Mm -hmm. And and the membership of the union pointed to things like the referees that that worked uh, Cotton Bowl uh, friendly this this winter with Inter-Miami is at the Cotton Bowl. 32,000 fa uh, fans showed up, 32,000 fans at the Cotton Bowl. The referees got $37,000 for working that, or excuse me, $337 right. for working that game. That's, you know, how much, that's not that much more than AYSO referees get, right? I mean, it doesn't seem that much. Right. So they looked at a lot of that stuff and said, you know, no, this isn't enough. And I think the referees are in a good position uh, and the reason I say that is American referees have never been more respected on the global stage than right now. We had two referees work the World Cup, Men's World Cup final in Qatar in 2022. Two American referees worked that game. We had a, an entire referee crew. I think there were four American referees, including uh, Tori Penso, who was the middle referee, the center referee at the Women's World Cup. So we have American referees for the first time working World Cup finals, the men's and the women's World Cup finals. Um, American referees have never been more respected, have never been better, have never had a bigger place on the world stage. And we have Messi playing on Apple TV right. all over the world, people tuning in to watch the games. There's a lot of pressure on the officials to get this right. What if someone tunes in in England and they're watching the Messi game and there's a horrible call and a referee doesn't call a foul and Messi gets cleaned up? And he can't play again this season. And people point to the referee because we're going to have assist, we're going to have scab referees for these games starting on Wednesday. Um, 
this is not a good look. And I think MLS needs to do something to get this rectified. And, and I've heard the, the lazy arguments. Oh, it can't get any worse. MLS officials are horrible. They're not. Um, and if you watch any lower division refereeing, you've seen, you, you, you know what I'm saying. Um, go watch, go watch what happens in USL and other places. MLS referees, they're not perfect. And certainly, you know, I'll disagree with them a lot, but they're still very professional referees whenever it comes down to it. Uh, and they need 84 officials for the 14 games on the opening weekend. And it's not accounting the game on, on Wednesday, which is not the opening weekend, 84 officials. So right now you're saying, all of the best officials in the country, U.S. and Canada, are signed by pro. That's why they're there. They're the best. They're under contract to pro. We need to find 84 guys, good enough, or women, right. good enough to work these games who aren't good enough to be pro officials. I know Mark Geiger, again, the head of pro, who was a World Cup official, he's going to work as a VAR official in those opening and one of those opening games. And right. you know, the, the question was, well, if he's such a good official, which he is, why not put him out there in the middle? I, I think the question is he hasn't refereed a game in several years. He's not in. He's not fit enough to run for 90 minutes. So he's going to be in the VAR booth. But if this thing drags out, I bet you he winds up uh, in the middle of this thing before too long. Yeah. Uh, again, the PSRA turned down a no strike and stay under the 2019 CBA, um, basically. And they're like, no, we're not doing that either. You guys don't get that out. So that way we can still negotiate for the rest of this. MLS will blame MLS and pro sort of blame them for that and say, we offered that, you know, to keep paying them under the, the additional one, as long as they agreed to not strike. And it's like, well, you're taking away one of their biggest bargaining chips. So that wasn't happening. I am disappointed though. If you're going to have a leadership team, um, from PSRA and they're going to go negotiate, then how come they negotiated the deal and took back a deal? Did they, again, unless they basically said, we know these guys aren't going to take it, but this is the deal we could agree on. I don't know how that's a negotiation in, in any form. So uh, to me, it feels like a, a failure on the PSRA um, side of things too in the go negotiating because if you went back and you took something that was a 95.8% no, and again, unless there's a contingency in there where they're like, we're going to take this deal, it's never going to pass, but we'll take it back to our membership and have them vote so that way you guys can see that there is no deal at this. Maybe that's it, and maybe that's a fair assessment well, of where I, it is. We I, don't, I don't know. Think so. I think your first reaction is accurate because Pro was telling me all along that they thought that they were in good shape. Now, one of the things they in talking to them over the weekend, uh, I wrote a story about this over the weekend, and I went to pro and said so so you guys could start the season with uh backup referees with you know non-pro referees and they said oh no we will start like that and i said well wait a minute today's saturday you have until wednesday couldn't you go back to the table and he said yeah that's accurate that we could we could continue to negotiate i don't know where that is but uh, the expectation is that there will be scab referees to start the season on wednesday but that's not a guarantee there could be an 11th hour agreement and i think apple who's really the money behind MLS at this point is probably pushing pretty hard for that because this could get real embarrassing. You talked about 2014, the MLS referee yep. strike. The one I remember is the NFL strike. Remember they went through three or four weeks with backup referees, college referees and the like. And that ended with that Seahawk game on Monday night where there was a touchdown pass on the last play of the game. And one official was standing there signaling touchdown. And there was another official right next to him signaling incomplete pass and the next morning, NFL said, we've settled the referee strike. Right. Um, well, I mean, 2014, if you go back and remember, that was not a good start to the season. I think it lasted three. Weeks, yeah, two yeah weeks it was two weeks. Referee. But they played they played a couple games and it was noticeable. Like you will notice it. There's so much technology involved now. We're asking referees to explain decisions over microphones as well. The need to be a professional referee has never been higher. So I don't want to drag this out, but needless to say, whenever Miami and the LA Galaxy play, at least as it stands right now, you're going to have referees who are not the best in the country doing these games. And 
and we'll see how that affects the game. But somebody guaranteed there's going to be a bad call coming. And there might have been whenever if it was just a, uh, a normal game as well. But there's a higher likelihood whenever you have people put in very high pressure situations, which they are not trained for or haven't done in a while with, you know, looking at guys who are retired or that type of thing. So uh, we'll stay watching that. But that also goes into MLS perhaps being a little bit of a bully in this whole thing saying, hey, you know, and PSRA says you're getting all this money from Messi and you guys can't share any of that with us. That seems pretty crazy, right? Well, now we get to go to the U.S. Open Cup debacle as well. As it stands right now, MLS teams are not going to compete in the U.S. Open Cup. That's basically how it stands. U.S. Soccer put together a U.S. Open Cup committee as they normally do. But one of the one of the main goals of that committee was to go and rectify this MLS issue that MLS says that the schedule is too crowded, that they don't have time and U.S. Open Cup is not a priority for it anymore. And they'd like to send their MLS next pro teams to compete in U.S. Open Cup for the teams. And U.S. Soccer said, no, it's actually one of the division one requirements, I believe, is to play in all of the country's cups. And so could right. that's worldwide. That's not just here. right. So so if you really wanted to play hardball and if U.S. Soccer really wanted to play hardball, they could say, well, basically, if you guys don't play in this, we're going to revoke your division one status, which would be fun right so there's a lot of things coming in here but the biggest and most disingenuous thing and i'm gonna say this i am not as big of a fan as the u.s open cup as some people i enjoy the history i like the fact that it's the longest running tournament in the united states one of the longest running in the world right it's a cup competition that has a history that you can trace back to some really fun interesting teams including here in los angeles right u.s open cup winners of all these uh of all these years it's a fun tournament to have, and I like the fact that it is part of sort of this MLS, um, you know, journey that MLS teams are competing for U.S. Open Cup, and it can, whenever it gets to later stages, be really compelling. Soccer can also be fun in the early stages. I kind of liked it whenever they would play it at the track and field stadium, and we'd be sitting down on the sidelines. You could hear the people yelling at each other. I remember going to get uh, U.S. Open Cup games at Cal State Fullerton. Um, so all of these things have been fun. Uh, I'm not going to act like it's a deal breaker for me. But I do think MLS is playing the what was me. Our schedule is so congested. It's well, hey, MLS, you're the one who created a midseason tournament with Liga MX that is supposed to be this huge, big thing. Then you expanded that tournament to make it even a bigger thing. So the schedule congestion is coming from you, not from U.S. soccer in the Open Cup. Um, this is MLS being the big bully of Division One that they are. Uh, I'm really interested to see how it goes. Uh, for the for for MLS and for the teams. And I'd like to see the LA Galaxy in the U.S. Open Cup, and I'd like to see it promoted. I mean, U.S. soccer, Kevin, in my mind, has done a horrible job promoting this tournament. Um, it should be made a bigger deal. There should be changes to it to make it make sure that it's televised easily for people to watch, especially with Apple involved. There's got to be a way um, to, to get all these oh. games televised, that type of thing. But if you're MLS, you can't trip yourself and then then say, oh, well, I was fouled. Right. And that's well, what you- it feels like. You just brought up the big point, the television, television. Apple does not have the rights to this. U.S. soccer has sold the television rights to another another company. Apple gets nothing for this. And MLS doesn't want to deal with anything where they're not going to make money. They don't get any money either. For the most part, it goes to U.S. soccer, which is fine. It's U.S. soccer's tournament. And it's part of the price of being the Division One league. So it's money is the problem here, is that it, it, the, the cut that MLS gets is not sufficient. And in Apple TV gets no TV money from this and has no part of it. That's why the messy documentary that Apple did at the end of last season, there was no mention of the ML of, of US Open Cup, which Miami played in the final of. Uh, they didn't mention that at all because they Apple had no uh, 
TV rights with that. So it's it's a money thing. One one way that they're trying to get out of it is, is apparently MLS has said, okay, we will allow a select number of teams, six to eight MLS teams, to play in the tournament. Therefore, MLS is participating, but not everybody is participating. That's that defeats the spirit, if not the letter of the law. Uh, another thing, Concacaf has said that if MLS teams do not play, the winner of the tournament will not be able to play in the Concacaf Champions Cup, okay. formerly Concacaf Champions League. So that's another thing. But I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. And no one's really paid much attention to the U.S. Open Cup until now, and this has been the most publicity it's gotten in decades. But it is a requirement of a Division One league. English teams have to do it. German teams have to do it. Italian teams, American teams should have to do it. It is the longest running tournament. It does have a history. Uh, it's part of the fun of soccer. And you're absolutely right. There's, you know, LAFC played 53 games last year, not because of the U.S. Open Cup. It's because of League's Cup and other things that MLS keeps signing teams up for. The fixture congestion is theirs. And Don Garber, you know, let's be honest, Don Garber's had his knives out for this tournament for a long time. He's been talking down the U.S. Open Cup for the longest time. And again, it comes back to money and control. MLS has no money or control uh, oh, it gets no money and has no control over this tournament, and that's why they went out. Yeah, and they did They did that whenever uh, USL started getting too big. It was like, oh, well, we don't have any money or control over that. Let's start MLS Next Pro, right? So there's there's been this very um, siloed approach from MLS owners, which is, do we have money? Do we have control? If not, let's go start something else. You look at Liga MX, that's money and control for them. They like that, right? It's Apple TV deal. There's money and control for that. They like that. You're absolutely right. With US soccer, they don't have that, and now they're trying to flex their muscle, but if U.S. soccer wants to actually do something smart here, it's figure out what you need to do to make sure that MLS teams are included in this and then figure out how to get a much bigger budget for for advertising, for doing this thing, for increasing travel stipends for, for all the teams. That way the lower level teams can absolutely compete with the upper because I love watching teams like Sacramento Republic come down and play the LA Galaxy, even when they win. Uh, to watch, you know, Sacramento come in and beat the be the underdog and, and be the winners. That's the stuff that you're sort of there for to watch is the Cinderella stories that go on advancing different things. And and that's what you're waiting for. You haven't you can't have that in in League's Cup. That's not that doesn't exist. It's like the, it's like the NCAA tournament. Everyone likes the Cinderella story. And sure, you know, that North Carolina's and Dukes and Kentucky's there and UCLA's they're probably the final four nine out of ten times. But every time, every tenth year, when there is a, a you know a dark horse that comes along, a Central Florida or you know Cal State Fullerton or someone like that, that makes it fun and it makes those other nine years worth you yeah. know enduring to see that. Um, U.S. soccer is trying to find a solution to this. Uh, I'm not sure how sincere MLS is being from their side, but U.S. soccer has to be careful because if they come to some sort of agreement that looks like they let MLS off the hook. Um, they're going to be back at that well again in the future over something else. Who knows what it might be? Right. But um, there are rules that need to be followed. And, it, you know, don't bend the rules for MLS because they'll be back again in a few years trying to bend them in some other way. Yeah, but you also can't just exclude MLS. You can't let them go, right? You Listen, you may not like that they're the big angry gorilla in the room. You also have to deal with them because they're the cash cow for U.S. soccer. They're the ones who they need to work in concert because – if you went and suddenly gave USL Division One status, which, by the way, uh, in uh, in the women's game, right, you have two Division One leagues for the first time. Um, but if you go and give, you know, USL, I'm sorry, somebody somebody tried to make the argument that USL was on par with Major League Soccer, and that's not the case. Let's not be stupid, all right? We're we're not going to be stupid. MLS is absolutely the highest quality soccer played in the United States. Uh, USL is well below that. It still, is the second division. 
well below that. That's fine. I have no problems with that. Um, you know, I'll very clearly say that MLS Next Pro is so far below the USL, you know, standards right now that I don't think those things um, are the same, right? So, um, but you, you you still need that first division to be able to play in these in order to make the US Open Cup really something that it needs to be. So either yeah. you get to you get to make this this tournament last, or you get to kill it. Um, and that's what's going to be decided here probably in the next, you know, three, four weeks. That's my guess. Well, and you know what's interesting about this whole thing is, is MLS made this into a problem and they didn't have to. In years past, what, look at LAFC again last year. They played two U.S. Uh, Open Cup games. They didn't use any of it. One of them they lost to the Galaxy. The second one they lost to the Galaxy. But when they played at Monterey Bay, it was all uh, MLS Next Pro guys. There was no uh, regular players. Even when they played the Galaxy at uh, BMO Stadium. They didn't use any of their regulars. They use MLS Next Pro guys. They didn't announce it. They didn't make a big deal about it, but they did that. Right. Um, they could have done that again this year. If MLS had just said nothing, well, you know, all these teams would have used their backup guys and, and maybe given some minutes to guys who hadn't played much that year. And it would have been fine. No one would have said anything. That's the team they decided to put out there. But when MLS came out and said, we're not going to participate, it's going to be MLS Next Pro. Well, that's what they did last year. Just just don't say it. Just do it. Yeah. Everything would have been fine. Yeah, but they but did MLS it for a reason. Play, they did it for yeah, a reason. Because, yeah, they want to throw their weight around and show that they're in charge. There you go. So that's that's it. We're, we're looking at a power struggle. Um, so that's it. Let's get to some super chats before we close everything up. Uh, Philip uh, gives us a $2 super chat. He says, who breaks each other's ankles first? Uh, Pooj or Messi. So who's going to who's gonna have somebody go sideways? Who's going to be sitting on the ground watching the other guy dribble away? I have a feeling, uh, well, see, that would mean Pooj would have to play defense against Messi. We know that's not going to happen, right? So that's, that's so it's going to be Pooj breaking Messi's ankles because Messi might actually try to win the ball back. Um, Pooj, Pooj won't do it, right? Is that fair? Is that a fair assessment? I like that. Pr- prove me wrong. It, it would like, I think it's going to be a really interesting game for Ricky Pooj because um, I'm told from Vanny that he and uh, Ricky Pooj and Messi are, are on pretty good terms or friends and Suarez as well. And I know Ricky was there when they were together as teammates and knows them. But at the same token, Ricky's got a, a giant chip on his shoulder after being released from Barcelona and sent to MLS. And he knows they're going to be watching that, that Barcelona people are going to be watching this game to see right. Messi and Suarez. I, I would not be surprised to see Ricky have a very good game and be very motivated out there. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if I don't think he mi- mixes up with Messi. But I think he knows people are going to be watching, and I think he's going to be really motivated. Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Jay with a $10 Super Chat. We appreciate that. And then a follow-up, a $5 Super Chat. What area of Lo Puente is Baxter from? Is he a night owl from Bassett? Where, 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 where'd you go to school? No, I went. I went. I was very close to Workman High School. I was off Amar and uh, actually Molinar. Molinar Street is my, my street. Off of Amar between Hacienda and Azusa. Anyone from... La Puente will know exactly where that is. Oh, I, yeah, I was going to say I have I have nothing. I yeah. got I got I got you on that one. Uh, Gary got five dollars super chat. Rad show, guys. Thank you, thank you, Gary. Louis, uh, twenty dollars super chat. A little whoop whoop whoop. He giving a whoop whoop right because we're we're getting pumped up towards the end of this. Uh, the final thing I have is that it's not very important, and only if you're interested in fairly low quality headphones. Can I say that? Sure. Jalen Neal uh, sporting the Beats uh, by Dre. They have L.A. Galaxy ones. Uh, MLS making. Uh, in combination with uh, with Beats, uh, putting out the headphones. So that was a, a partnership that was there. We also have breaking news. Um, this is this is not the breaking news that you wanted, but uh, Steve over at AFJO wanted to give this very special. Hold on, let me put on my AFJO hat. I have to. I want to do this proper. I want to make sure. You know, okay, we we were ready. All right, very good. All right, here we go. Uh, Steve wanted me to make this announcement to everybody. Uh, 
he says, uh, AFJA, Papusa's with a purpose, has secured a permanent location at Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, they are retiring the blue truck this season and will be on the Southwest Concourse next to Benny Hanna's starting this Sunday. He says the first 15 orders will receive a free Papusa coupon for a future game. So get there early, but a permanent location for AFJA and pupusas with a purpose. And you know that that's where I will be on Sunday is over there getting some pupusas before the game. So, yeah, forget these headphones, forget the jerseys, forget the jackets. This is the news that the people want the pupusa thing. And I, do we credit, credit Will M for this? I don't, because I, they've been, I, I was not they've been trying to do that for years. I know. I, I would say that certainly there is a, an air of, Let's work together within the LA Galaxy. Cooperation certainly seems that way. And for a, an organization as popular as they are to get a permanent spot is awesome. So there you go. That means that you can have pupusas. I believe this means they're going to be open pretty much every game whenever the stadium's open. Maybe, you know, some of the off-brand sort of, you know, smaller ones, they won't have people there. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what it ends up being. But that is awesome news for AFJA. And remember that whenever you buy a pupusa, that a certain amount of the proceeds go to uh, to helping some some kids. And there's always so so many good videos from El Salvador with all of the kids and their gear and all that stuff. It always makes it. Again, I love giving to something and then seeing the videos and you're like, man, those kids got shin guards because I was a fat slob and wanted pupusas. I, see, it's like it works for me. I want the pupusa and I want to give you shin guards. I want to give you balls, soccer balls to play with. I want to give you jerseys. And then the jerseys spread the LA Galaxy brand as well because a lot of that stuff is LA Galaxy branded and that goes out as well. It just It's just such a win-win in my heart that it's it's so much fun and in my stomach. So that's the great, the heart and the stomach right next to each other. It, it works beautifully. Let's combine a lot of these last topics we just talked about and say that Corner of the Galaxy will pick up the tab for anyone nope. who buys a pupusa nope. at a U.S. Open Cup game. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Because okay. they because my guess is they're going to end up playing in U.S. Open Cup games. So no, absolutely not. You, if you want to pay for that tab, that sounds fine. Um, but no, no, no. Can't do that. Um, I don't get the super chats that much. All right. That's uh, that doesn't that doesn't cover. It. I barely I can barely keep the website up and running. Um, but no, uh, some really fun stuff. So the LA Galaxy getting ready for the game on Sunday. All the fun stuff is sort of there again. I would like to remind you uh, a little bit about uh, one. Two, jacket. Yeah, about one, two threads. Um, and the jacket that came out, the LA Anorak jacket is there. So make sure that you, uh, go pre-order yours again. One, two threads.com is where you can find that. Listen and see the, uh, the videos that are out, uh, 7499, one, two threads.com. Um, and, uh, I don't know what Anorak actually stands for. I'm sure somebody knows. Um, but you can use the promo code G's up at checkout for free shipping in the United States. So make sure you do that and get that out there. Those guys always put together some great stuff. So, uh, we're glad we could, uh, help them out and send that information and news back out to you. So yes, I cut the audio off on purpose because it's really loud and I didn't want to talk over it. So, um, and it's Eric anyways. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely one of those things. So, um, we'll certainly see it, but yeah, again, the, the Anorak jacket coming out, um, from, uh, from, uh, one, two threads, one, two threads.com. And again, use G's up for all of that. All right. I, I want to know more about how the Papusa truck turned into a permanent location. I, I want to give Will credit for that. Um, why, why don't you right just there. why don't you just ask instead of giving him credit? Why don't you wait and then say, hey, did you guys have how did this come about? And then you could find out and then you could tell us. Yeah. Well, that was what a reporter would do. And I would I, I, why turn over newly. There now? we go. All right. Good. All good. So I'm, I'm glad. Yes, I, I think you're right, though. I do feel that spirit of cooperation, people trying to do the right thing. 
I haven't always felt that around the galaxy recently, but I do now. It, again, honeymoon period, right? You know, it's it's you're there, and I I don't want to. I don't want to underplay that because I feel it as well. And certainly there's an air of cooperation uh, within everything. Um, you know, Dan Beckerman stopped by and said hi. Hi to us at the at the um, at the at Coachella. Well, so hi to me. Well, I, he doesn't know who I am. I try to keep it that way. I don't want to be on. But they, and, they, and they did let us do a live show from there. Are we going to do a live show Sunday from Messy Mania? No. Because if we oh. were going to, we would have already announced it, and they would have asked us to do it. Maybe it's a secret. Maybe it's it's a secret. not we a secret. We do it from in front of the pupusa, the permanent pupusa. I don't. I. I mean, sh we can figure out figure out some stuff for sure. Um, you know, we can we can try again. We're going to try to do some other stuff. There's. I, I would like to shout out again, um, El Pescador and, and Carson. Um, and the reason oh, is. Great. That, Great place. Yeah. Well, we so yes, of course, and we should talk about them more because we've all eaten there. We all go there. We all know that that's a place to go before you go to the game if you want to get some food. Maybe a place to go after the game, depending on uh, on where they are. But they reached out after Eric and I talked about them. They said, "Oh man, we love the podcast. You guys are awesome. Thank you for mentioning the, the family-run business in Carson, El Pescador. Go there and eat all the time." So we're, you know what, we're going to try to work out something. I was talking with, with somebody, we're going to try to maybe do a live show from El Pescador. Would that make you happy? That would be great. And there is an El Pescador out here in South Bakersfield in Fillmore. Actually, I can drive to it in 20 minutes from here. Yeah, Let's no. do an El Pescador Fillmore thing. No, no, because see, no. I, I don't, I don't know if they own that restaurant as well. Don't be taking oh. it away from the ones I'm trying to work with here. Um, but anyway, so go visit El Pescador as well. So that's what I got. This is uh, this is this is it. I mean, we're this. So the good news is not only are our podcasts now everything counts because you know we were in preseason mode too. Um, me and Alicia Keys started off pretty rough there uh, yeah, on on Super Bowl Sunday. Me with Coachelli and her with that first note um, during the during well, the halftime. Super Bowl, we, we need thanks. Uh, shout out to Taylor Swift for coming on our live podcast. It's Coachella. like you're trying to get me sued all the time. It's just like you're just like, oh, I don't care. You know, it's not a big deal. I work for the L.A. Times. I'm protected under this giant legal thing. Is that what it feels like? I must. It's going to be fun to do. Uh, this is also a final reminder. You heard the intro music for today's show. That will be the last time you hear it. It is oh. done. It has oh, been put no. to bed. We are done. So on the 22nd, which is our debut of uh, of our Thursday night show, getting ready for the game against Miami. Don't worry. We're all going to be Okay. New intro music and new intro music from here on out. Um, so we're turning the page. We're saying goodbye. 16 seasons wow. starting. We have our own intro music. We have, by the way, will that music, will that intro anthem be released to the world on Spotify and, and Apple and all the places? Yes. Yes, it will be. So it'll be there and available for you. And we'll tell you where to get that on the 22nd. So you, that, know, you didn't even ask me about that. You, you don't know this. Uh, but my son is photographer for Megan the Stallion and has been traveling with her. She probably could have done something for us if you'd ask. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes, yes. And and Taylor Swift will be right over uh, as our next guest on the podcast. Yeah, but it, this is true about Megan the Stallion. I I, 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 I agree a hundred percent. All right. Anything else? Are you? We're good. We're, I don't want to talk I about it. Know why, why are you debuting the new song with Eric and not with me? I'm I'm hurt. Um, mostly because it's the first game before the, the, the big game. It's the first show before the game. That's why. It just feels like, like the start of a new era and the end of an old one. Yes, it is. Maybe you'll never be back on. You don't know. You could get hit by a bus tomorrow. 
right? I oh, mean, thank you, thank you. You don't know. This is the <laughs> world we live in. This is the world we live in, right? This could be your last show. So then we'll go out with a bang, all right? So, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to give everybody a heads up on that because I know there's people who are already hyperventilating. Uh, yes, it will sound a little different and it will probably take you a good, you know, four, 14, 15 games to really get into it and be like, yes, I now know this music and this is the music that's going to start the podcast every single time. Can you guess it? I like to. Uh, I liked about it. By the way, Logan says the the reason that I'm doing the the music with Eric and not you is because I like Eric better. And I would just like for the record to say that's absolutely true. Um, so yes, he, he said like Eric better. You could have just stopped at like Eric. I do. Period. I do like Eric. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Also a difference between between you and I. So um, yes, very good. So that's where we're standing. LA Galaxy have Miami coming up this weekend on Sunday. Uh, we'll get you ready for that on a Thursday show. Uh, go get that anorak jacket from One Two Threads. Go visit Papusas on Sunday next to Benny Hanna's. Uh, after we'll be out there and then El Pescador whenever you need it. I don't, it would fe- it feels like I'm getting paid for all these advertisements and yet I am not. Um, and, and I'm sure there'll be, I'm sure the giving will eventually return to us. Right, Kevin, that's, that's how it works. You give and then you get right. You give and you get maybe. Well, yeah, I don't even, I don't even get new music. Yeah, no, you don't not. You will on next Monday, the game after we get to talk about Messi. After the game, and you'll have that music. I don't understand I'm why you're complaining. Thursday, I'm going to do a music review of this new song. All right. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, and it's at you? kbaxter11 <laughs> at uh, latimes.com. Please go over there and see all of his articles that he writes covering all the soccer in Southern California, men's, women's, all that fun stuff is right there for you. latimes.com at kbaxter11. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman at Galaxy Podcast at cornerofthegalaxy.com uh, where you can find all of our shows and all that fun stuff. All right, that does it. Thursday night will come up. Preview on Thursday night for the game on Monday. These all count now, folks. We're there. Be on the lookout for the new intro and outro music. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us. And for Mr. Kevin the Pan Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.